Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Popular Journal podcast. I'm your host, Jarrell, and on this podcast, I wanted to dive into the fascinating world of pop culture and sort of look at the media we consume with an analytic lens. There's a lot of stuff that happens throughout social media and even traditional media that intrigues me and makes me want to learn more why things are the way that they are, you know? the positives, the negatives of it all, I want to throw my hat into the ring of public discourse on these topics because I have a lot on my mind and I want to share what I learned with you guys as well. I also think this will spark some interesting conversations that could be really um, fascinating to talk about. Um, coming on here with an open mind and willingness to learn new things and experience new things as well, I'm, I'm very excited. But um, we're mainly going to look into the sphere of pop culture. That's where most of the podcasts will be diving into because there's a lot to talk about within pop culture. And although some may feel like this niche is oversaturated, I beg to differ, actually. Um, you know, there's a lot to talk about because there's something always happening. And there are a lot of things that are just bizarre and outlandish, and it's kind of hard not to talk about it, you know? Since this is, um, excuse me, this is, since this is a, um, the first episode, I want to start off small and not do anything too crazy. I feel as though we're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast because I like the idea of coming here once bi-weekly to discuss sort of the bizarre side of pop culture with you and, again, spark some interesting conversations. So this week, let's just jump into it. Uh, I know this might be a couple weeks old by now, but I still think it's something that I find really interesting. So as we know, I'm sure all of you are aware of, of this by now, but there seems to be a bit of discourse surrounding the differences in comedy between generations, specifically between Gen Z and older generations. Again, I'm sure this has been talked about ad nauseum, but it's something I find really interesting. Like what is considered funny? You know, and obviously that's a very hard thing a hard question to answer because comedy is subjective, but I guess we can rephrase the question to what do most people find funny? Is it slapstick? Is it stand-up? Is it fart jokes? Hopefully not the latter, but still, what do most people find funny? And as we've seen with uh, the passage of time and different generations, we start to see that com comedy is kind of contemporary in a way. Um, almost in the same way as what is considered cool by today's standards. Um, what was cool in the 90s is considered lame today by many people. And that could be the same with comedy. Um, like, I bet you I could watch something from the first season of SNL and I wouldn't even crack a smile because I would have no idea what, what's going on. I wouldn't understand any of the cultural references. Therefore, I wouldn't understand any of, any of the jokes. And I think that says a lot, actually, like really diving into the psychology of comedy and what it is that we find funny and what that says about us as people, you know? I love learning about new things that are interesting, uh, stuff about economics or following taxes. Uh, that stuff is kind of boring to me. But I want to learn why I find the stuff on my For You page funny in the first place, you know? Um, is it because I'm, I'm just a goofy person or is it a little bit more deeper than that? And the reason that I bring up this topic as a whole um, up is because I saw that Jennifer Aniston was in the news recently. Um, Jennifer Aniston, who played Rachel Green in the 90s series Friends, 
pretty indie show. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. But Jennifer Aniston said something about the state of comedy in today's age and something that echoes what a lot of older people have been saying in recent years. And I just want to pull up the exact quote here because I don't want to misquote anyone or spread information. So this is from the AFP of Yahoo News, the article. And she says, comedy has evolved. Movies have evolved. She said, now it's a little tricky because you have to be very careful, which, which makes it really hard for comedians because the beauty of comedy is that we make fun of ourselves, make fun of life. She continues to say, you could joke about a bigot and half a laugh. And that was hysterical. And it was about educating people on how ridiculous people were. And she continues to say, and now we're not allowed to do that. She continues, there's a whole generation of people, kids, who are now going back to episodes of Friends and find them offensive. She continues, there were things that were never intentional and others, well, we should have thought, thought it through. But I don't think there was a sensitivity like there is now. Everybody needs funny. The world needs humor. We can't take ourselves too seriously, especially in the United States. Everyone is far too divided, end quote. Wow. I found this quite interesting, which is the reason why I wanted to sort of discuss this today. Again, this is a sentiment that has been talked about um, ad nauseum, uh, specifically on the internet I've seen. Um, she said all of this while in Paris for her film Murder Mystery 2, which I believe is on Netflix right now, not sponsored. And I feel like this is where the bulk of the issue lies, like sensi sensitivity and what is considered offensive. Um, I think it's great that we are much more aware and conscious of other people than previous generations before us and that we are respectful of other people's boundaries and feelings. You know, it's really good to see people are becoming much more open-minded and, and accepting of other people compared to like, uh, I don't know, like 60 years ago. But I guess my, I guess my real question is, is there a line when it comes to the sphere of comedy? Or is there a line when it comes to the whole idea of being too sensitive and have we crossed that line yet? Um, I don't know, I don't have the answer for you. But in all seriousness, is there a line like, for example, could you crack a joke at a funeral? Um, I would probably advise against that, but who knows, some of y'all are a little you know, nutty. But I feel we're sort of seeing a shift in the idea of comedy and how it's going to play out in the next few years. Like, I see sometimes how people will watch a movie or a TV show from the 80s or whatever and will tweet something like, that did not age well. And that is something I think Jennifer Aniston was alluding to when she talked about kids watching Friends nowadays. Like, for example, you could watch the movie Revenge of the Nerds or The Breakfast Club and cringe at certain moments because of the time period it was filmed during. And stuff like that I find super interesting because horror movies, for example, specifically slasher films, reflect the time period it was made in. You know, the classic tropes of the virgin, the jock, the promiscuous girl, the nerd, etc all classic Hollywood cliches that reflect real life in the era. It is crazy to see like the shifts and the waves throughout history and like the average person in the overall cultural opinion of the time. 
um, like when Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres, redacted, but when Ellen came out in the 90s, and that was like a very huge deal. Like it was a, like, it was a really big deal when that happened. But nowadays, um, if something like that were to happen today, almost no one cares. And that's like a crazy thing to see with different generations and how we're evolving as a society. And that sort of plays into the topic of comedy and the general population. But then again, is history just repeating itself? While I was researching articles on the topic of this podcast's episode, I came across an um, article from The Guardian. Um, this was written by uh, Rachel Aris. I cannot pronounce that last name, so I'm sorry. Aristai <laughs> of The Guardian. And she wrote, and I quote, scaremongering about progressive politics leading to the destruction of comedy is nothing new. Howard Jacobson was protesting against the uh, against this latest insistence on correct attitudes to social and sexual matters and jokes. In his 1997 book, Seriously Funny, in 1995, The Independent was writing about the tried, boring, repetitive, unfunny PC rubbish known as alternative comedy, while the Daily Mail claimed that Ben Elton's audience only wanted cliched, progressive, political correctness, dress up as daring satire, end quote. And this is quite super interesting to me when I read this uh, while I was researching um, for this topic. Uh, and that this appears to be something that has transcended time in a way. And something that has been happening for years. Like older, dress, older generations of the past were complaining about similar things older generations of today are. And it sort of brings up the question of is all of this sentiment about comedy dying in 2023 or today's age necessarily true? Like you'll hear it all the time. People, some people will say something like, um, oh, a movie like Blazing Saddles could never get made today. Or people would lose their minds that the movie Airplane came out today instead of in 1980. And is that necessarily true? Like, could those movies be made today? And are films and shows like that a measurement of how much the public consciousness has changed? It, it sounds really silly when you sort of take a step back and really look at what it is we're discussing today here on the podcast. But hey, this is what this podcast is about. Sort of looking at silly pop culture discourse um, with a sort of analytical lens, you know? Judgment-free zone. We're here to really learn about you know, the stuff that we consume and why it is that people are having these conversations in the first place. So is comedy dying or is it thriving? That is the question of the day. One thing that is on my mind when it comes to this topic is the difference between a comedian who is genuinely funny versus a comedian who is not funny. Like I said earlier, comedy is subjective. Um. For example, a lot of people do not find Amy Schumer funny, like at all. And then there are those that do. Um, same thing can be said with Kevin Hart, etc. Sort of a preference, if you will. And I want to know, are we truly too sensitive or are they just not funny? And I, I think that's the biggest question on my mind when it comes to this topic. Like when I see an unfunny comic on the internet uh, or like an unfunny comedian, 
And I'm just like, in my head, I'm just like, well, that wasn't very funny or that was kind of cheesy. And it usually almost nine times out of 10, it is never because of something like, oh, he hurt my feelings or, oh, that made me feel some type of way or it, that's never like, that's not never usually the case like at all. And I wonder if you guys feel the same way. Like I can see a comic bomb hard and just be like, oh, well, you're, you're just not funny. And I feel like that's sort of a big blow to the ego. When someone tells you straight up, I just don't think you're funny. Uh, it kind of hurts. It definitely does hurt. So I can understand when people sort of get defensive when that happens to them, you know? But it begs the question, um, is everybody in the world funny or is, or is everybody in the world funny to a certain degree? And obviously most people will probably answer no to that question. So I don't necessarily think that everybody is sort of cut from the same cloth, so to speak. Like, I guess a big question that comes on my mind is, is comedy a sort of skill that one inhibits in life or are you born with it? Sort of like the nature versus nurture, the classic question. And can you learn to be funny? Like, is that something that's possible or no? Like, is there a comedy 101 class out there? And are there any success stories from those classes? You know, um, for example, people learn to play musical instruments all the time and with practice comes skill. And then there are people who are musically gifted can the same be said with comedy? That's the question that I sort of uh, comes to mind whenever I think about this. And I want to leave this up. I want to leave this one up to you guys. Is comedy a skill that you can learn and develop? Or is it something that you're just sort of born with? Um, let me know respectfully, of course. But I wanted to move on to another topic in the realm of comedy. And that's comedy and its use in social change and movements. Okay, is it an effective tool or strategy uh, strategy to sort of get an idea across to the masses? Lauren Feldman, an associate professor at Rutgers School of Communication and Information and the co-author of A Comedian and an Activist Walk Into a Bar, wrote about this very topic while I was researching um, for this podcast episode. Um, so I'm just going to pull this up right here. Um, this is an excerpt from the article from Rutgers University. And it says, people often incorrectly assume that comedy, because it is funny and interesting, is inappropriate for communicating about serious issues or that it can serve as a distraction from important problems. However, our research shows that it is precisely because comedy is funny and entertaining that it is capable of engaging and motivating people around challenging issues. Comedy pulls in people in a, and creates a positive emotional connection, which can in turn inspire engagement and action. More recently, digital area mediated comedy, including satirical news, sitcoms, sketches, stand-up, and funny documentaries, have served as a powerful influencer in contemporary social justice issues, end quote. Okay, so she goes on to say that um, she says, comedy can, through its effects on audiences, help contribute to social change by drawing attention, disarming audiences, lowering resistance to persuasion, breaking down social barriers, and stimulating sharing and discussion. In addition to its effects on individuals, comedy also can have broader cultural effects, shaping news coverage and social media discourse, providing visibility to alternative ideas and marginalized groups, and serving as a resource for collective action, end quote. 
that was just a snippet of the article. And this is definitely very evident in certain shows and movies and media that we consume on a daily basis. I'm sure that there are tons of shows and movies that come to mind for you guys. Um, and it's not even just shows and movies, it's social media as well. Like the stuff we see on the internet, like uh, Twitter and TikTok, just to name a few, is definitely an example of the point Feldman is making in her book. And that's just the tip of the um, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And it goes back to when I asked earlier about when it is appropriate to crack a joke, so to say, like a funeral, for example. Um, again, I would advise against that. But is there a time and a place for everything in life? Um, so there can that can be said for comedy and like when it is appropriate and even polite to joke around. Um, I can bet that being silly and goofy during the civil rights movement probably wasn't very appropriate, but the book makes a case that sometimes comedy can be an effective tool for social change and movements. And to go off on a bit of a tangent, um, but sometimes people use comedy to cope with the harsher parts of life. There are people who use comedy to grieve and to try to cope with depressing and scary realities and situations in life. And there are some people who just don't vibe with that like at all. And dark comedy sort of comes to mind when talking about when it is appropriate to um, to be comedic. Um, so dark comedy or dark humor or black comedy, whatever term you wanna use for it, is a style of comedy that reframes dark and serious topics like death and abuse, for example, in a sort of comedic lens. Now, obviously dark humor is not for everyone because of the nature of the topics it jokes about, but there are people who sort of favor the style of comedy and push back on the flack it receives from others. Obviously, um, of course, there's like a certain level of intelligence that is needed when trying to do dark humor. And a lot of people sometimes just don't have the grace or the charm to do dark humor because they end up just sort of upsetting people in the end. Um, so dark humor is definitely an interesting sect or niche in the realm of comedy. But comedy being used in social movements and change has been proven to be effective in the past. There are moments where people have used a bit of comedic viewpoint to discuss social change and advocate for social change. So Feldman has made an interesting observation on the matter. And it was definitely interesting to see that comedy can be used in different ways than what most expect. When looking through the topics and points that we've discussed on this episode, it is evident that comedy is adaptable in a way that I had initially realized. Especially when doing research for this episode, one could even argue that the claims that comedy is dying or is dead are greatly exaggerated. But that, does, that doesn't also mean that we're in some sort of golden era of comedy either. I think comedy is doing just fine at this current moment in time. However, to go back to Jennifer Aniston and what she brought up, what she brought up in her interview, I think I can understand why it is that people feel as though people, um, specifically of my generation, are a little bit too sensitive nowadays. We, um, we sort of are seeing, you know, like on social media, how people are sort of trying their best to be a bit more empathetic and more open-minded and aware to the different kinds of peoples and cultures that they're unfamiliar with in their real lives. And I think that's one of the better things about the internet and in that the internet lets us connect and even learn about different people and different cultures all over the world. And older generations didn't really have something like that, like at all. 
And so we're sort of seeing a shift in the public sphere from, you know, like the olden days. Um, so yeah, there are things and people that I've been completely, I would have been completely oblivious to, oblivious to without the internet, like at all. And that's a bit of a double-edged sword in, in a way. Information overload, overabundance of opinions and discourse, and anonymity are sort of the cons of the internet. And they permit, they portray a much darker side of the internet. And when taking all of this into account, you could sort of see why the current younger generation is different from previous generations. Um, the internet has changed so much and just the way that we live, that we learn, how we think. Even this podcast wouldn't even exist without the internet. So it's something to take into excuse me, into consideration when discussing topics such as this and to examine the biases that we all have, including me as well. Um, Jennifer Aniston's comments on how this younger generation is a bit more sensitive than that of like the 90s is something that a lot of people agree with and others not so much, obviously. But it's evident that this sort of thing happens with almost every generation, as we've discussed earlier. Of course, stuff from the 80s and 90s are not going to age as well because, you know, if it's a different time period, um, we weren't, um, they weren't as informed. Um, so the internet has provided us with so much, both positive and negative, and it can sort of play into why the younger generation is sort of comes across as different compared to the other ones, other older generations. And I'm sure it's not solely just because of the internet. I'm sure there are tons of other factors as well. We're sort of in like a transitionary period, so to speak, um, at this current moment in time. Um, but as to why Hollywood isn't making a lot of comedies anymore, I don't know. There could be a lot of reasons. Um, again, I don't know. But I don't think it's because we're like too sensitive or anything. It could be something else entirely. Who knows? But I don't think comedy is dead or dying. That's a bit much. <laughs> but I definitely do see that there is sort of a shift happening at the moment. And that's why we're in sort of like a transitionary period currently. So yeah, there's that. And we haven't even touched on satirical satirical comedy or even like post-post irony comedy so yeah there's definitely a movement happening at the moment and I think and I don't know where we'll end up in the future in regards to comedy because everything changes so rapidly nowadays only time will tell you know uh, where we're going to end up in regards to this topic so but yeah that about wraps up this episode of the popular journal um Again, I didn't want to do anything super crazy for that first episode. I didn't want to do anything uh, drastic or insane. I just want to sort of talk about this topic real quickly because I thought it was really interesting when I read that article about Jennifer Aniston. And I wanted to sort of talk about it with you guys and see what you guys think and um, does, uh, and why it is that this discourse is even happening in the first place. So I it was really fun and interesting to sort of research for this episode. And yeah, this is sort of the stuff that I found. Um, but yeah, comedy is definitely a dynamic topic and it evolves and changes and adapts as time progresses. But again, I also want to hear from you. What do you think about the current state of comedy? I want to I wanna try and make this um, podcast more of a conversation. You know, let's discuss the topics together, you know? Is there a bit of truth from Jennifer Aniston's comments or no. Uh, remember to be respectful, of course, but 
yeah, I just wanted to thank you again for taking the time out of your day to listen to this weird loner ramble about nonsense. Um, I started this podcast because I wanted to step outside my comfort zone and learn new things and experience new things that I wouldn't normally experience in like my day-to-day, you know, in like my day-to-day life. So again, remember, this is a place where we sort of observe the more bizarre and fascinating aspects of popular culture. So thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope you come back for more. Um, I post a new episode of the Popular Journal every other Tuesday, so bi-weekly, and I post it on wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. So oh, also be sure to take the survey, which will be linked in the description of the podcast. Again, this is a new experience for me, and I want to make the podcast better, so constructive criticism is always welcome. All the links of the articles and resources I use for this episode are in the description as well, in case you want to check them out for yourself. Again, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Popular Journal. I'm your host, Jarrell, and I hope to see you guys next time. Have a good rest of your week. Bye.